Today is the 12th of March, um, and today uh, is as a whole church giving Sunday. It's this moment in the year where we get to talk about the exciting topic of financial generosity. And so in light of that, I would like to pray. Is that all right? Why don't we just take a moment just to pause and be still as we've already done so. Jesus, we invite you into our hearts, our minds, this place. And just as we've sung those words, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Lord, would we be a people, would we be a church that live that more and more each day with all that we are and with all that we have? Amen. C.S. Lewis, one of the most influential Christian thinkers and writers of recent times, in his book, Mere Christianity, uh, talks about generosity as one of the key hallmarks, like the kind of the key identifying features of someone who follows the way of Jesus. C.S. Lewis writes this in that book, I do not believe that one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our giving excludes them. And what I love about that quote is that C.S. Lewis practiced what he preached. When he was a student, like many of you in this room, during those years he housed and looked after a widow and her daughter, which was the mother and sister of one of his closest friends who he had lost in World War I. And in an act of generosity, he welcomed them into his home, generously sparing all that he could. Later, when uh, he became a famous author, uh, he started to make more money. And, uh, but instead of um, uh, choosing to change his lifestyle, he adopted the same standard of living that he had as a student. He gave all of the money that he had received from his radio appearances away to a widow and orphans fund who were those recovering from World War I. And and as people started buying his books, um, just like me, uh, Narnia, uh, The Chronicles of Narnia, as well as many others you might be familiar with, uh, as money came in for those, he set up a fund called the uh, Agape Fund. Uh, Agape is just one of the words that we have in Greek uh, for the word love, which literally translated is the sacrificial giving fund. And 75% of the profits of his books went into that fund that uh, was given away anonymously for churches and church leaders and uh, many other ministries. And at his memorial service, the speaker, who was a close friend of Lewis, said this, If I was to describe him in one way, I'd describe him as endlessly generous. Endlessly generous. Generous. This was the hallmark of the work of God in his life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, as Paul has just read for us in his lovely Welsh lilt, 
He, Paul, the other apostle Paul, is describing uh, the church in Macedonia with that same hallmark, that same identity feature as that of C.S. Lewis's, one of endless generosity. And I believe that this is one of the key hallmarks, and even I'd go as far to say uh, one of the callings of our community here at St. Mary's, to be a people, to be a church that is joyfully, creatively, and endlessly generous with all that we have. And so because I think that is one of our hallmarks, and uh, I believe that's actually one of the things that we are called into as a community, uh, today I think that God simply just wants to underline that feature of ours and push us and cheer us on into more and more as we become more and more like him. Um, I spoke last week, and uh, as we were celebrating the baptisms of five of those uh, new followers of Jesus, I spoke about how our commission, each one of our uh, commissions, is uh, to be followers of Jesus as his ambassadors. Uh, we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it's as if uh, um, we are called to be God's ambassadors, as if God were making his appeal of his gracious, loving, kind nature through us. Like God chooses his ambassadors, his church, uh, to reveal to the world his goodness and kindness as we each play our part in helping build God's kingdom here on earth. And as we grow and go into that, one of the key questions that we must ask ourselves as followers of Jesus is this, how will the life of that kingdom How will the goodness, the values, the distinctive nature of that kingdom start to define who we are, start to be how we are marked, start to become the hallmarks of our faith? And in particular, when it comes to your resources, how will you use what God has placed in your hands to sow into the life of his kingdom? You see, when it comes to our finances, what we must not do is be driven by fear, but rather led by faith. Not those who are gripping on tightly to the little that they have, but rather to become people of open-handed generosity. And so today, I just want to give um, three short reflections, uh, observations, if you will, uh, from our passage that we've had read. And, and my first observation is this, that God is open-handedly generous. God is open-handedly generous. Um, Notre Dame University in the States, have we got any Americans in the house this evening? No, don't put your hand up. I was just about to make fun of your accent. Um, uh, Notre Dame University, um, I just love the way that they say that. Notre Dame um, conducted a large bit of research into generosity, and they came up with this definition, that generosity is the virtue of giving good things to others freely and abundantly. Freely and abundantly. That phrase is really the beginning of our story. That's the origin of our story as we've been looking at the series that we've been in in this term, a story to live in. It's the generosity of God where it all begins in Genesis chapter 1. It's this 
open-handed generosity of God at work in creation. This creation where he is giving himself space in order that he can freely and abundantly give himself away in relationship to his creation out of his great love for you and me. And I wonder, if you think for a moment, I wonder if you ever thought about like, what are God's hands like? You know, like we sometimes sing that song uh, to our kids as we're putting them to bed, like he's got the whole world in his hands, which I think like, for them, they're like, flipping knows, they're big hands. Um, I don't know if you think about that. Do you think about uh, God's hands like, almost like held up to kind of clip you around the ear if you get things wrong, like a disciplining God? Do you think of God's hands uh, like a finger pointing out all the places where you could improve or you could get better or, or you could maybe stop doing that? Do you think of God's hands like a traffic warden being like stop to the things that you really want to do, like all the fun stuff in life? Or do you imagine the open, welcoming, kind and gentle hands of a loving father with his endless generosity towards you? You see, as we look at how the Bible describes the hand of God, uh, we find things like this, that uh, God has the hands of a potter at the wheel of clay as if he is slowly and with great gentleness and care molding and shaping his creation. We hear of the the powerful hands that rescue us from danger and provide shelter uh, for our healing and redemption. We hear of the hands of uh, God are engraved with our names for all eternity. In Isaiah, we get this prophecy as if like your name has been tattooed onto the palms of God. You will never be forgotten, never forsaken, never be able to go anywhere outside of his presence. And then ultimately in Jesus, as we've just sung, remembering the cross, we see uh, like the open-handed generosity of God. Consider what his hands are doing in that moment as he pours himself out in love towards the world. And we see it in our passage here. For you know the grace, another way of saying that, you know the generosity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. This is the very nature of God, that he wants to bless you with his riches, with the riches of his love. And so when it comes to generosity and when it comes to a Sunday like this, we do not start with, how much do I give? We don't start with, when do I give? We don't even start with, how do I give? We start with this, you are made in the image of an endlessly generous God who has open-handedly blessed you, given himself to you. And so what we start with is in light of that, how might we respond? In light of the open-handed generosity of God, what shall be our response? Which leads us to our second observation from this passage. Our open-hearted response to an open-handed God. 
Um, a little bit of context for this letter. As you know, context is key. And um, as Paul writes, we see that this is in the letter to the Corinthian church. Uh, Corinth uh, is a place in kind of South Greece, if you can uh, picture it. Um, and he is telling them, as he was writing this letter, he's telling them about this church in Macedonia, which is like way further uh, north above uh, Greece. And in that region of Macedonia, uh, they were in the middle of this really severe famine, meaning that food was really hard to come by for uh, the church that he's speaking about. And, and on top of that, uh, they were in a predominantly Jewish culture. And so being this kind of creative minority uh, in these, these new kind of radical people that are following the way of Jesus, they would have found it very hard to find work. Most of the Jewish culture would have been boycotting their businesses because they've kind of rejected Jewish teaching and following this new Jesus guy. So the food would have been hard to come by and money and employment would have been hard to come by. Yet in the midst of that, Paul upholds them as this example of endless generosity. He says this, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in them become rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, or even beyond their ability, they exceeded our expectations. What an incredible testimony of a little church in Macedonia. Last year, Bill Gates announced that he plans to give away virtually all of his personal wealth to philanthropic causes kind of charity, basically, which is a truly remarkable thing for him to do. I, it's like blown away by uh, generosity uh, of that kind, which is sadly quite uncommon in our world today. And I think what Bill Gates is truly incredible, but it's also relative. If Bill Gates gave away 99% of his personal net worth uh, and wealth, he would still be more than a billionaire. Here's the point that I want to make. The amount is relative, but your heart's response is what matters. You see, the Macedonian church are held up and now remembered throughout all of history. As we read here today, thousands of years later, they are remembered as a church of rich generosity, not because they gave away their billions, but rather out of their extreme poverty, their response was a joyful and rich generosity. You can, as you read this passage, you can almost hear the background conversation that was going on. Like the Macedonians were sending money to the apostles, and uh, the apostle was saying, like, guys, honestly, it's okay. Like, we get it. Times are hard. Like, there's the famine and there's food shortages. Your cost of living is like sky high and through the roof. There are so many economic and social challenges for you. Please don't send us money and then you get this response that they give in verse 4 in the opposite spirit they say they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people they're saying yes time is times are tough and yes there's an extreme famine and Jobs are hard to come by and the cost of living is crazy high but they say it is our privilege to share 
in the work that God is doing. Their response was joy and delight, a privilege to be able to give. You see, the Macedonians didn't count themselves out because time was hard. Rather, they counted it their privilege to be in on all that God was doing. I'd say this is the kind of upside-down world of resurrection-based economics. Though extremely poor, they were rich in generosity. They had an open-hearted response to an open-handedly generous God. And this response, it's the same privilege that we have today. It's the response of your heart to a trustworthy God. It's the response of your mind to a God who provides and renews and gives you all that you need. It's the response of your finances to a God who has first blessed you. Endless generosity in response to an endlessly generous God. I want to read you a story um, from The Meeting Place, which is our weekly cafe and social supermarket and community hub here at St. Mary's. One of the team, uh, Sophie, wrote this. Last year, we had a family of four sign up to join the supermarket. Uh, The mum had just been made redundant in company cutbacks, and the husband had badly injured his knee, which required surgery and also meant he couldn't work. They would come each week, first for the food, but then they stayed for the conversation and connection and found community here. They even came here one time without their kids for a daytime date, which I think is super cute. Uh, Recently, after a while of looking and chatting with the team, the mum got a new job. And around the same time, the dad got surgery on the knee and the recovery went well and he was able to return to work. On their last week of shopping with us, They were so thankful that they said that they wanted to make sure that others could experience what they had had. And so they asked us, can we become financial supporters of this project? This is the impact your giving is is having on St. Mary's on the lives of those in our community and beyond. This couple's response to the generosity of this church that has made that service possible was that they wanted to respond with further generosity. Generosity begets generosity, an open-hearted response to an open-handed, generous God. Third and last observation is this. That generosity, for each one of us, generosity is a journey. In um, verse 7, we read this, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and the complete earnestness in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Faith, knowledge, love. These are all parts of following the way of Jesus that are formed and shaped and deepened and grown over time, over a long obedience in the same direction of following Jesus. It's often, so often, it's moments where we don't know where to go in darkness and despair and crying out that our faith has grown and our faith is formed. 
It's so often in seeking and searching out uh, for clarity and truth that our knowledge is grown and attained. And notice how Paul says, in the same way as faith and knowledge and love is grown and developed within you, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. He's trying to drive the point home. Generosity is a journey over a lifetime. And that is why we uh, give these talks twice a year. It's like uh, we take a kind of a little quick pit stop. It's like a, a moment on our journey of generosity to check in and see how we're doing, encourage one another and cheer one another on as we grow in this journey. And when I spoke last October, I was blown away, not only by people joining in, those who are new or or starting their journey of generosity for the first time, but the many faithful givers who have been giving now uh, for years, who were able to increase their giving. Almost like as if this journey, this kind of increasing generosity is growing within them as they step one at a time to bless the mission and ministry of this community and its flourishing. You see, giving is an act of faith along a lifelong journey. I'm consistently struck by the incredible work that our teams do here at St. Mary's. That only four years ago, we were a handful of people meeting in Hannah and I's living room, literally like there were six or seven of us at our first church gathering, worshipping away, praying about like what could be as we seek the renewal of this city. And since then, we've seen God do some truly remarkable things, only made possible by the generosity of those who have journeyed with us. I want to um, show you a few clips of our current Alpha course. Now, many of you are there on Wednesday evenings. This time, we've seen over 100 people come and join us to explore the Christian faith. It's like there is a tangible sense of the presence of God in the room as people are genuinely searching for truth and meaning. You know, many of those uh, who have come and done Alpha with us have found faith and have joined our church community. Quite a few of them up here Uh, on last Sunday evening. I want to share with you Hannah's testimony from the morning service last week, which you wouldn't have uh, heard. Uh, She said this, My life with Jesus gives me perspective of things greater than myself and brings me peace in the struggles that I face. I put off baptism for quite a while because I thought I wasn't good enough or Christian enough to be baptised. But God has reminded me that I was always enough and coming just as you are is all he asks. I'm getting baptized because I am a work in progress and want God to be working in and through me for the rest of my life. Incredible story of a life transformed, made possible through the faithfulness of this church, partnering with what God is doing. I think of Millie, um, our very own uh, Millie, uh, who's given me permission to share this, part of our student community, um, who says this, almost two years ago to the day I gave my life to Jesus. Something mental about that, guys, is that she did that on Zoom. God works in mysterious ways. She says this, Since then I've felt love like I've never known before, peace so unexplainable, and joy that I can't even put 
into words. I know that Jesus not only walks beside me daily, but has also placed me in community and friendship in a kingdom family here at St. Mary's. I will be forever grateful for the way this community champions and encourages me. Right from the beginning of my journey, it has taught me so much about the goodness of God. Let's get like an amen for that, at least. Lovely. Amen. Oh, amen. There she is. I could tell you so many stories. I shared different stories this morning. I could tell you so many stories of what God is doing, and I love telling those stories. But I also, as I hear it, I get excited because there is so much more to do. There are so many more people to encounter. There are so many more people to serve. There is a whole city, your friends, your families, your hallmates, your colleagues. There is a city worth of people uh, that need to encounter Jesus, that need to know his love and his kindness and his grace. And so, yes, we live in a challenging world and a challenging time. And there are financial and social and so many other pressures in so many different ways. There is uncertainty everywhere, and especially for the poorest in our city. This is a tough winter, and there will probably be more to come, which is why it is all the more important that we as a church respond courageously and with generosity. You see, I believe that when the going gets tough, the tough gets stuck in. I want us to be a tough church that gets stuck in, and we could be a church that settles. We could be a church that just decides to be comfortable, kind of enjoy our times together here and kind of know the people that we know. I just don't believe that's our calling. It's not been our calling so far, and I don't think that's where we are headed. We are called to be a church that grows and grows in this grace of giving, to become a church of endless generosity. One of the ways that we are expanding and growing and giving ourselves away is through church planting. Uh, as some of you may know, we planted a church into Totten two years ago, and um, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and planning and sacrifice to plant churches. And, and I'm excited to say that we are almost there, uh, ready to announce our next church plan. And so on the 26th of March, please do come to church. We will be announcing our next church plant on that day as we join in and partner with what God is doing in a couple of weeks' time. And you know, the reason that we plant churches is because there is a world that is hurting. There is a world that is disconnected and discontent and in need of encountering this generous and open-handed God who loves and is for them. And we know through the Bible and throughout church history and through personal experience that one of the best ways of reaching new people is by planting new churches, churches that reach into the city and into the neighborhood that they've been placed with the renewing love of Jesus. But it costs. Planting churches is costly. Planting churches is basically it's giving ourselves away for the sake of others. Yet it is our absolute privilege and joy to do so. The stories that we've been encouraged by in Totten, the stories that we will be able to soon share as we partner with what God is doing in this city is our response to a God who has so loved the world that he gave. 
This is the journey that we are on. As we follow the way of Jesus, we are playing our part in the renewal of the city and beyond. And so, as I said at the beginning, the question for us today is, how do you respond? And and before we get into some figures and some numbers that I'd love to share with you, um, actually, one figure, one number. Um, I want to say before I put uh, quite a large number on the screen, um, don't worry about what you're not doing or haven't yet done. Rather, start where you are with what you have. Don't worry about where you're not. Start where you are. As you read uh, throughout the Bible, um, there's this like biblical benchmark for giving. It's called a tithe, or it's like roughly 10% of your income. And I think that guides are helpful. Uh, I think that benchmarks are really helpful. It gives us something to aim for or to spring from. And uh, for some, as you think about 10% of your uh, income, you just think, if I gave that away, it'd be totally unattainable. Like that, that's just like a wild amount of money for me. And I'd say if that is the case and that is where you're at, we'll start smaller. Start where you are at and start a journey of giving towards a greater percentage. For others in our church and some in this room, you are close to or you're maybe even beyond giving 10%. And that has been a journey of sacrifice and courage on your part. And the invitation of Jesus is the same words as the song that we sang earlier from one of Southampton's own and finest, Isaac Watts, who says this, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, and my all. If I had to give a percentage of what you should give according to the New Testament, I'd say it's roughly 100% in response to Jesus. My hunch is that those who have already started their journey of generosity and a few years in, I don't need to convince them that what Jesus has said is true, that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Start or grow from where you are with what you have. And so uh, before we come into land, I'd love to just share some numbers with you and uh, try and break that down a little bit more as well. Uh, We have a big vision here to follow the way of Jesus, play our part in the renewal of the city. We have a city and beyond uh, vision here, but big visions need big investment. For us to be able to set up new and uh, plants and partnerships with other churches and for us to grow and expand as we run alphas and meeting places and Sundays and youth and students and kids and tables and so much more. For us to be able to do uh, that, the, the floor, not the ceiling, the floor uh, to be able to achieve all that is that we need to see an annual increase in our giving of £60,000. As I put that up on the screen, some of you think, that's a pretty big number. Um, uh, But it's our collective response that matters. You know, we are growing here. We are a growing church. And even in just the last six months, like particularly when you come uh, to this service, you think where we were about a year ago and the morning service, we're like bursting at the seams. If those who have joined us in the last six months to a year started uh, giving, if we had like 50 new uh, givers starting at roughly £100 
a month, we would hit more than £60,000 by this week. If those who committed to give gave uh, on an annual, um, a monthly gift of £100 annually. For some, that number you like, that is still way too high. I thought £60,000 was too high. £100 is even a bit higher uh, in some ways. The first one seems so unattainable. Uh, But if each student who is a regular member of our community here, if each student gave five, ten pounds a month, that's like roughly two and a bit coffees a month. Uh, Together, as students, you would be giving about eight thousand pounds a year, contributing to the work of our community in this city. And like It might seem like a little bit for you, but together that's an exciting number. And then that becomes part of the bigger number of the faithful people in this church who are enabling things like student ministries and much, much more. You become part of this journey. And I would say, just for this evening, I would say that um, if you are a student or you've kind of left home or you're now kind of responsible for finances, um, the reason that we give this talk twice a year is not because I'm asking for money. The reason that we give this talk is that this is a fundamental part of your discipleship as you follow the way of Jesus. That if you start to get this right with little, it will be incredible to see where your journey of generosity takes you in your future. £60,000 is the floor, not the ceiling. But it's what we can do together that excites me. Uh, Let me finish with this and then we'll respond uh, in a moment. Imagine with me for a second that in 50 or so years' time, there was someone writing a letter to uh, encourage someone else on their journey of generosity. Uh, And they wrote this, let me tell you about St. Mary Southampton. Although in 2023 there was a world of uncertainty and challenge and in so many different ways, they knew who they were. Followers of Jesus, made in the image of God. And their open-hearted response to God's great open-handed love for them was that they counted it their privilege to be in. They counted it as their joyful and creative and endless generosity to join in with what God was doing in that city and beyond. You know, if someone wrote that about us, I would say that is an impact worth having. That is a life worth living. And I would say that is a legacy worth knowing for, being known for. You see, we have a God who is endlessly generous with us. This is our opportunity and our privilege to be endlessly generous in response as we follow the way of Jesus, each playing our part in the renewal of this city and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, And so, as I said, we are going to respond in a physical way and in an active worship way. And so, um, underneath your seats, you'll see a little card. I'd love everyone to go ahead and grab those, even if you're visiting or uh, new here. Um, If you are visiting or new here, um, 
Um, if you are visiting or new here, please uh, do not feel like um, uh, you're, you're kind of called or, or kind of cornered into giving. Actually, no one should feel like that. Um, but if you are new and would love to stay in touch with you, just kind of tell you a little bit more about who we are and uh, about how you uh, might be able to get involved with things like tables and alpha. If you can just use this card as like your welcome card, so put your name, uh, email, and a few other details on there and, and just maybe just write and I'd love to stay in touch uh, with that. But if you are a regular member here, if you are a part of our community, you attend here on a regular basis, I'd love to encourage you uh, to fill this out and consider how you might respond today. Now on that first side, there's details, um, a, um, a name, address, postcodes, uh, phone, email. Uh, it just helps us with the response and following up uh, with you. And then if you flip it over on the other side, uh, there's a few different uh, options and boxes to tick. Uh, that first one, uh, monthly give, uh, the monthly gift. It says, I would like to amend uh, ex uh, an existing direct debit. That's for anyone who's already giving. If you feel like you could stretch and grow and, uh, and shape on your journey of generosity, uh, please tick that. And if you know an amount um, uh, or you have that in your head, please do uh, go ahead and tick that. If you'd like to go away and think about it, you may want to um, uh, just pray and spend some time considering. Uh, but also particularly if you give um, as a household, you're uh, either sat next to you or the person that you give with isn't uh, currently next to you. Uh, you might want to go away and chat and pray about that together. Um, can I encourage you just, um, just to make a note, just to try and do that tonight. Uh, I just find like... Otherwise, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday comes, how do I often find it's like the mentalness of the week kind of starts to get in the way. So maybe make a, that kind of um, call. Let's, let's talk about that tonight before uh, we head to bed. Um, I would like to set up a new monthly gift. That's for uh, anyone who's a member here. If you want to go ahead and tick that or um, uh, leave that blank, we'll know that you're thinking about it. Uh, monthly giving, like regular giving, just really helps us steward um, uh, and be kind of faithful with the things uh, that are coming in so that we can plan for how we can be generous uh, with all that we receive. So it's a super helpful way of giving. Um, and then a one-off gift, you might want to give a one-off donation today or you might want to go away and think about that, particularly if your um, uh, income isn't as regular as a salary, maybe you're uh, self-employed or you do project work, some people prefer to give like that. Uh, and then lastly, if you are a UK taxpayer, basically if you have a job uh, where you pay tax, um, please do tick that box and uh, say uh, today and all future uh, donations, um, please do feel free, you can claim gift aid on that. Uh, that just means anything that you give, um, no cost to you, but anything that you give, we get an extra 25% back uh, from the government by uh, being, a tax, uh, being a charity, we can claim the tax back on your uh, donation. So uh, as you can imagine, in, a, in an annual budget of half a million pounds, 25% uh, makes a good old whack. So please do um, uh, go ahead and tick that as well. Uh, and so I'll just give you uh, another couple of minutes. Um, as I said, we'd love everyone to uh, engage with, um, even if you just sort of, uh, put your name and your email address, or um, maybe you are already giving and just want to put a smiley face um, uh, and encourage us as you tick that. I'm going to go away and think about it. 
Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to respond in this act of worship. So uh, the band are going to come up um, and they're going to lead us uh, as we respond. And as we've uh, already spoken about, uh, this is um, not about how much. It's, the amount is relative. That's going to be different for each one of us. But it's our heart's response that matters. Ultimately, generosity is out of the overflow of worship, as if uh, generosity is welled up within us and we, we respond with a rich generosity to the richness of his love.